0: Alright, all right, here we go. This is the NBA Dream Podcast for R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. I'm your host, Sleepy J, joined once again by NBA betting expert Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie and I will go ahead and we'll cover a couple hot NBA topics for today. The NBA Saturday card, and of course you guys will go ahead and you'll get our best bets. Also, our featured segment, the Saturday Five. Mackenzie and I, we're going to give you our five picks. We'll go ahead and we'll put a quick post there in the pregame.com form we understand we are on limited time. But we'll go ahead, we'll get that going for you guys. Maybe you guys can go ahead and pick up $55 pregame dollars. If you go ahead and win that contest there. Mac, 2022, it's history. As of midnight tonight, I'm going to hold you to the fire
1: here, Mac. What is your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to look harder and play more player props. Going through this year, it's been a good for year, good first year for me as a pregame handicapper. Uh, it's been a better year on the prop side. I mean, it's been good on sides, good in totals, but I just feel like it's a a pool with less sharks in it. And sometimes I'll just have an inkling and I look at it and I'm like, man, I I, I, I know Levine's going to have a big month. I know he's going to put up 35 a game. And then he puts up 35 a game and I'm like, man, those are 10 games I could have had an over with, could have gone eight and two or something like that. So just taking big picture, taking a full step back, uh, legalization has led to the proliferation of many different markets. And the oldies, the goodies—they're still classic. I still love to have a good, uh, you know, side where the book is just wrong and I'm right. Nothing feels better than that. But um, to do to do best by me, to do best by uh, my my subscribers, thank you very much if you have subscribed. Uh, I will be look harder and deeper at player props in 2023.
0: Well, I will say this, Mac: the pool is certainly uh, less filled, but I would say that that pool has probably the most aggressive. And probably some of the sharpest sharks in that tank sure. when it comes to the prop market. So uh, you'll just be another one in that in that tank, and you know how much I regard you as far as being sharp and aggressive, uh, one of the best in the business. So uh, I like that. Um, let me go. I'm gonna go chalk here, Mac. Yeah, you know, we always hear people talk about, oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start eating better, spend more time with my kids, and exercise. You know, stop smoking crack or whatever people are doing. <laughs> I'm going to go chalk for me. it is, For me, it's actually, it is exercise and and here's how I'm going to do this. I'm not going to go out there and be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to run three miles a day and start benching 400 pounds, stuff like that. Like, I'm not doing all that. All right. I'm not, that's just not going to happen, but here's, here's my goal. My goal is to make sure that when I step on the golf course next year, that I get out drive my buddy. Now me and him, we've been in competition since we were like little kids, everything we do, it does not matter. We can flip coins. We can, Throw a a napkin into a trash can. It's like, oh, I bet you I make, you know, I'll make three out of four or whatever. We're always in some type of competition. But I was always able to outdrive him. And now it's like 50 50. Like I need to get back my dominance because he's probably a little bit better at golf than I am. You know, he's pretty good with his iron play, pretty good with putt and stuff like that. But if I could beat him driving constantly, that's going to get in his head. So look, maybe it's a, Finding some small weights, lifting a little bit of a little bit of weights, getting my arms a little built up, maybe a little bit of work on my, my abs and my back, you know, just doing some you know leg raises or something like that. Maybe trying to work out my legs. Like I'm not going like I'm gonna go out there and become Iron Man. Just a little bit of working out, something to go ahead and get me going. And I think the end result, have a positive result at the end of the day, because one, I'll be a little bit healthier, but two I'll go ahead and I'll be able to beat him on the golf course. And at least there, 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 there's an actual result that I could say yes, it happened or no, it did not. So I don't know how you feel about that, but that's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go chalk with a little bit of exercise and uh I'll I'll report back in you know six, eight months and let you guys know how
1: it all worked out. I think that's an excellent resolution, particularly for the fact that Mental dominance and hegemony is so important when it comes to friendship. If you if you give him as uh, my man Eric Crocker said on Locked On 49ers, if you give him false hope, if you give him false confidence, you never know the, the the heights that they can reach. But if you continue to dominate in your drive game against your friend, and just don't even let him believe for a second that he can catch up to your long game, then uh, I think you'll have a long and prosperous friendship. Uh, being number one in that competition, I think the issue for me is going to be.
0: Making sure that I'm able to outdrive him by the beginning of the year. Like if I, could, I know I can get there by the end of the year if I continue to do what I want to do. As early as possible, you got to dominate. You got to dominate. Yeah, I got to come out of the gate strong, like right from the gate, and just be like, "Oh, oh, you know, that's a looks like maybe twenty, maybe thirty, thirty yards further than you." I'll be like, "What the hell? I could see that happening." So that's where we're at with that. Uh, maybe we'll talk some, uh, you know, twenty twenty two regrets that we had. Let's go. Let's start out with some games there, Mac. Uh, we do have an early game today. We have um, we have the Clippers and the Pacers. That one's going to start at 3 p.m. Eastern. Let's go. Let's start out with the game that you wanted to pick here between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Current line of this game right now: Grizzlies minus six. We have a total of 234 and a half. Kudos to you, sir. Last night you went ahead. You gave out Zion over his points prop for our NBA Bet Tank Pod. Nice cash with that one. You're going to go ahead. You're going to take a look at Zion again today. You going under,
1: you going over? What are you looking at? I think I'm going under, and here's why. I went over yesterday because of the matchup, and it was Joel Embiid, the second time ever, that Zion Williamson, the fastest center in the league, was going against Joel Embiid, arguably the best center and certainly the biggest dominant center. And it was one of those situations where I thought, as good as Embiid is, the way they play is actually a disadvantage. And you look at Zion's stats versus Embiid, he's now put up 35-plus in both matchups. And he's averaging 30 a game against Rudy Gobert. Those traditional centers uh, just don't have in their arsenal. And the way their teams play don't have it in their arsenal to keep up with Zion Williamson. The Memphis Grizzlies Grizzlies are anything but traditional. And they have in tow Jaron Jackson Jr., who was number one in defensive efficiencies by my favorite analytics site, uh, dunksandthrees.com. Number one, plus four points per game good to the Grizzlies since he's been back the last month. And I think he's a great matchup for him. They played about a month ago. Zion only put up 14 points. And here's the thing. He only took 12 shots. It wasn't, and Brandon Ingram was back then, so I expect him to take a little more volume in this game. But it wasn't that he was being inefficient. It wasn't that he was going up against brick wall. He just found a different way to impact the game because he's not having those one-on-one matchups where he can drive and drive into the paint quite as easily. Stepping back though. So that's my play on the game. That's my favorite uh, play in the game. Zion Williamson under. It isn't up yet. uh, Maybe 27 and a half points. I'm also interested in the Grizzlies on the side in this game. And I haven't fired yet, but I'm I'm looking strongly at it. Uh, So I went back. Best teams in the league on the analytics page by net rating. Points per 100 possessions. How much are you outscoring your opponents pretty much? Uh, Normalized for pace. Boston Celtics are number one in the NBA. Let me ask you: Who do you think is the number two most efficient so far team in the NBA this season?
0: I will say New Jersey Nets.
1: The Brooklyn Nets have been red hot. They are, <laughs> yeah, they're up. To, they're up to <laughs> sixth, uh, four points better than their competition. But no, it's actually the Pelicans, plus six, and then and then it's the Grizzlies at plus five. And I understand the Pelicans are not whole. Brandon Ingram's been gone since November twenty fifth. He might be back for this game. I think that's a long shot. But we're taking a pretty big sample here, almost a third of the season, and the Pelicans who are expected to be like a 45-win team, are the second best team in the NBA. And the Grizzlies are right there, but the Grizzlies have, uh, you know, they're, they're laying six points here at home. The, the market is saying they're not one, they're not two, they're four points better than the Pelicans. Even if you think Brandon Ingram's worth four points, I think that's pretty extreme, I just think the rest of the team is not getting enough credit here for what they've done, particularly Zion Williamson. Uh, I understand it's a bad matchup for him, but he's so versatile where if he's not scoring, if he's only shooting 12 points a game, I still imagine he's getting key steals, key rebounds, pushing the pace. Uh CJ McCollum set a record for the Pelicans with 11 made threes on Friday. Uh, yeah, I just feel like the market is, is saying these teams aren't close, and I think they're very close. If anything, the Pelicans... Uh, you know, by by the end of the year be a better team. So I'm looking strong at the Pelicans, but my uh my recommended play in this game would be Zion under. Uh take advantage of that matchup. Only 18 points per game in his career versus Jaron Jackson Jr., very similar to another long, agile athletic guy, Giannis. And Zion Williamson has had uh only shooting 45% against Giannis in his career. So I think you just you, you split it into two buckets against the Embiids and the Go Bears. Zion Williamson scoring better than 30 points a game on 60% shooting. What are are Embiid and Gobert's? They're big, lumbering, traditional centers. Against Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jaron Jackson Jr., new, modern, versatile forward centers, he's averaging under 20 points per game, only shooting 45% from the field. We got the second camp here, so take advantage. They're going to post this too high. Zion, under 27.5 points. I don't even want to try to even
0: argue that because – I think going up against Memphis, especially those guys on the inside are extremely tough. Like, they're probably the best rim-protecting team um, in the league. What are they, number one rebounding team in the league right now? They are. Yeah, and it, it, I think in order for Zion to have a big game, like, against the, this particular team, he would have to take his game outside the paint. And he's not a three-point shooter, so he's going to have to get pretty much everything at the rim. But I think one of the biggest helps for you probably with this tonight is the fact that C.J. McCollum last night set a three-point record for the Pelicans where he drained 11 threes last night. If C.J. comes into this one feeling hot or saying, you know what, hey, I could outdo what I did last night, don't be surprised if he goes ahead and he puts up a lot more shots tonight, uh, more than his normal, and it takes away from Zion. So maybe Zion says, hey, look, you know what, this dude's got the hot hand. Last night he made 11 threes, get him the ball as much as possible because I think in order to beat this Grizzlies team – you need to be hot from the outside. You need to get the game, you know, out, away from that rim. So, I dig it. I like it. I'm not sure what you think about CJ, but I mean, he was he was going wild last night.
1: Absolutely. And it was it was nuts. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to Willie Green uh, for taking a team that started out 3 and 16 last year and since then regular season, playoffs, good competition, bad competition, they've been the most consistent arguably along with the Celtics, along with the Grizzlies, team in the NBA. And how do you become consistent? You're versatile and you take that versatility and you attack the teams where they're weakest. The Grizzlies, very strong inside, much like the Bucs. You said the Grizzlies, number one rebounding team. Number two is the Bucs. And Zion has never had the struggles uh, scoring the ball that he's had against the Bucs against any other team. So I think it's a similar dynamic here uh, where he's not going to have that advantage on the glass. And um, yeah, I think the Pelicans attack them where they're weakest. The Grizzlies uh, vulnerable from the outside, John Morant. Desmond Bain a little more vulnerable to score against them guys uh than Adams, Jaron Jackson Jr., arguably the defensive player of the year so far. I could see these two teams, Mac, probably tangling in, in the playoffs at
0: some point. And I don't yes. know I don't know if this would be a great matchup for the Pelicans. Uh obviously Desmond Bain just came back. Like I think we have to see what this team looks like with Ingram on the floor for an extended period. You know, and this group probably getting a good twenty five games under their belt for the Pelicans to say you know what, like this team, this team's for real. Like I, I actually think they're for real, but I think Memphis would be maybe one of the the tougher outs for this team. Only because Zion, you know, just depends on getting to the rim so much. It's not going to be an easy matchup. So good stuff on that one with Zion under his points tonight. Make sure you guys go ahead and take a look at that. Uh, buy price there, Mac, would be like what, like 27 and a half? Yeah, if they posted at 26 and a half, I'd still fire, but I'm expecting 27 and a half. All right, cool. Uh, here's my game. I'll make this one quick for you guys. I like the 76ers tonight. They're going to be minus 4.5. You can find some 4s out there. We have a total of 228 in this game. OKC is, look, I they're playing much better this year, 15-20. Um, the, the 76ers just played last night, so they're on a back-to-back. And Philly was, you know, they were coming in hot. I mean, they won, like, what, like 8 out of their last 10 games or eight out of their last nine prior to last night. So now they're eight out of 10. And it's back-to-back losses now for Philadelphia. Maxie's going to be back in the starting lineup. He was limited last night, only played like 19 minutes. Starters, I don't want to say that they went heavy minutes, but, I mean, most of the guys were in and around that 30 mark. You didn't see anybody pushing, you know, 35, 40 minutes in that game. But I think that the, the 76ers come into this one being like, we can't lose three in a row. Um, this team's been playing really well. So I think Philly comes in here with a big effort tonight, knowing that they're the better team. And I think OKC, although an improving team uh, against teams like this, uh, you know, the top tier teams in the league, I think that they're just up against it. So I like Philly tonight laying the four and a half points. I think Philly just gives a really big effort and a bounce back, you know, coming off of a loss. And one of the things that I don't like, um, and, and I use this angle sometimes around the Christmas, you know, Christmas Day games. You know, the home teams and traveling teams, like there's just weird scenarios where, you know, teams have to have Christmas. Like my game of the year was against uh, the Suns and and it was like, hey, they're playing at home. Uh, They're going to you got a a road team that's coming in. They already had their Christmas. The the Suns are going to have their Christmas either tonight or tomorrow. And it was just it was going to screw up their entire holiday. And I don't like playing home teams the night of New Year's Eve because they probably are going out partying as soon as this game's over. Philly's going to be just locked into this game. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to have uh, a New Year's Eve in Oklahoma City? Like, what fun is that? So, I, I think there's a weird situational advantage there that most people just won't look at. I look at screwy things like that because, look, if, if you know, if New Year's is coming and I got, a, you know, millions of dollars and, and things like that, like, I'm going out partying. party and that, that's just me. So, Philly for me tonight, they minus to the four and a half there, Mac. Not sure if you like that play on a back-to-back, but
1: I'm looking at Philly tonight. I think you make a strong point about the Christmas holiday season. And uh, Philly's, you know, back to business. They're back on a road trip with the Thunder. They probably have a lot of, uh, you know, little things to take care of. You know, sometimes RJ will make fun of us for thinking that these million-dollar athletes are taking out the mail and picking out the garbage. But uh, I I have some experience with, uh, you know, professional athletes and uh, professional sportsmanship. And there's a lot of little things to do, just like everybody else's regular life. So I don't think – that point's not lost on me. And um, let me ask you, what do you make of the Thunder in general? I was surprised to see they already have 15 wins this season. They're eight wins away from uh, overtaking their win total with pretty much the same roster. And they lost Chet Holmgren before the season even started. Um, Thunder, very, almost extremely savvy when it comes to playing these things out. You think they're going full throttle here, or do you think they're kind of fat and happy now that they've already, you know – shown that they've made positive steps forward i don't really feel like they need wins anymore
0: yeah i'm gonna say full throttle and the reason being is that they've just been down for so long at some point they had to show their fan base that all of the the losing it eventually equaled something something positive and i think like guys like sga like if you put a guy like him on the floor he's gonna be able to keep you really in in any game but no, I always look at some of these, like just these young teams where they have a ton of draft picks that they're very similar to. I want to take a team like maybe like Kentucky or a team like Duke who comes in where you just have this fresh crop of players and it takes time for these guys to go in and get the motor running to get things together. Now, the NBA and college basketball are a little bit different, but those teams typically come on later on at the year. It was like, well, where was Kentucky, you know, when they were uh, six and three or whatever, and all of a sudden they're in the final four. Same thing with Duke, and I feel like that's kind of been the situation here with OKC. Is they've just been down uh, for long enough, but eventually these young guys were going to get it together. They were going to play better basketball, fresh young legs able to go and run and gun. And when you know the, the the leader of your team is SGA, I think it's almost it's almost impossible to just have that bad of a team constructed when you're this young with that much time under your belt. Um, I, I can I could actually see this team continuing to win. I do not think they'll be in the bottom five, maybe even bottom seven teams in the league. I think they're going to actually um, probably go over their season win total, and and actually at some point, maybe even flirt with you know being uh, you know in the playing in conversation when we finally get
1: there. Look at Gilgis Alexander, as we call him SGA for short. Look at his stats: thirty-one points per game, fifty percent from the field, thirty-five percent from three-point range, six assists, and here's the killer for me. 1.7 steals, 1.1 1. 1 blocks per game. I mean, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, those are the guards that have put up scoring numbers like this and had more than one blocks per game. Uh, amazing. Uh, so yeah, guys like that generally don't lose 40 games, 50 games in a season. That's that's just a fact. Yeah, I won't be surprised if that team, I won't be surprised if they end up getting like 30 wins this
0: year. I think that that's Kind of in their their wheelhouse. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe 35. But not tonight, do you think? Not tonight. Not tonight. Nope, not tonight. All right, so good discussion there, Mac. We're going to go ahead. We're going to skip NBA Jeopardy for this episode. But I will tell everybody that Mackenzie and I are going to go ahead and make a slight change to the NBA Dream Podcast. Instead of putting these out on Friday, Mackenzie and I have discussed, and we agreed, that we're going to start putting out the NBA Dream Pod for you guys on Thursday night. Uh, Saturday just becomes a little bit tough. Uh, you have NFL playoffs going on, college basketball going on, and more people are focused, you know, on the NBA, you know, come like Thursday, Friday nights, They're definitely during the week. So we decided to make a little bit of a change to that uh, Friday night, Mackenzie and I trying to get some things done uh, for the week. And so it, it kind of interrupts us a little bit. So we want to make sure that we're giving you guys our, our full attention and uh, getting you guys the best content as possible. Uh, Mac, let me, let's go ahead and let's do a quick coupon code here. I, I kind of chuckled at this one. I'm like, I'm just gonna say the code. I don't even know if you know what the code is there, Mac. But I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna tell you what the code is. So if you guys want to save twenty percent at Pregame.com, you guys could pick up any pick package if you want Mackenzie's picks for today, for tomorrow, mine. Anybody at the Pregame.com website, all you have to do is enter code Ball Drop twenty in the coupon code area. Mac, what do you think about that? That coupon code
1: Ball Drop twenty. That's funny. I was talking to a certain sales rep. Here at pregame.com. I'm like, hey, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? You know, watch the ball drop. And I just watch the zeitgeist be created from the words spoken. So I wonder if I had anything to do with that. But yeah, you know what the ball drop is? You ain't you ain't from the city. You ain't from Manhattan. You, you, know, you know what it's about? Everybody, everybody knows what the ball drop is. The middle of Times Square. Billions of people around, they have a ball and they drop it right when it hits midnight. Dude, you couldn't get me to go out there and go do that kind
0: of shit. Like, think about it. If you have you ever watched that shit on TV, it's probably a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people all standing there, squeezed in like sardines. Uh, everybody right in there coughing all over each other. You're sitting there all drunk. If you're lucky, you're going to get to make out with some chick that you never met before that's pretty hot, or maybe. Maybe not all that hot. You never know. But yeah, it's not a good time. And like tonight's actually not going to be all that bad. But I've watched like these, you know, Dick Clark New Year's, New Year's Eve shows, and it's like three degrees out there. Like, why would you ever want to do something like that? Like, seriously, like, unless you're really drunk, you know, you can end up freezing your ass off and end up dead in the side of the road in New York, and they'll just scoop you into a pile of trash. So
1: not, not something I want to do. But you can say you were there. I was scooped into that pile of trash. Manhattan, Times Square, two thousand twenty three. Like anybody would care. Yeah, I don't really get it. I don't really get it either. I'll tell you what, man, my best New Year's Eve was at a strip club. Tell me about it. When
0: I was in the Marine Corps, um, I don't know how or why, but I was by myself uh with a couple other Marines and I was at the strip club and yeah, well we weren't watching we weren't watching the ball drop, that's for sure. I'll say that <laughs> one. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys want to go ahead and save uh, 20% there on any picks over there at pregame.com, just make sure you guys enter that code, ball drop 20 save you guys a little bit of cash. All right, guys, it's time for best bets, Mac. I'm going to let you go and rip a room at your best bet. First, we have the Clippers. We have the Pacers. Uh, you like a total on this one. What are you looking at?
1: Clippers, Pacers, under 231. This has everything to do with the start time. It's the early earliest start time on the board, 12 o'clock Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern. In the NBA since 2019, over 400 games, the earliest start time on the board or the any start time before 3.30 uh, Eastern, 12.30 Pacific, 54% unders. All right, doesn't sound like a lot. When you're dealing with a sample size of 400 games and you're almost doubling what it takes to be profitable, which is 52.3%, it's something to take notice of. Specifically, when you go to the team level and you look at the Clippers, you look at the Clippers under Tai Lu, they've played 26 such games, 19 have gone under. It becomes the point where, yes, I understand the starting, sleepy, you know, uh, having a slower pace, getting a while to get into your routine. The theory becomes less important when you start to stack up these numbers and it's all pointing in one direction. Four points under, on average, over, under. Uh, when you're looking at Clippers and early start times under Ty Lue, you look at the entire history of the Clippers, it's the same thing, home in the road, it's the same thing. What initially kept me off this is the Pacers, the last two years, have been a notoriously over team. They brought in Rick Carlisle, they brought in guys like Tyrese Halliburton, they want to establish that old Maverick-style five-man-out, super offensive, super dynamic type of team. However, it's all well and good to you know throw defense to the wind when you're not a good team and nobody cares. Now that the Pacers have actually turned it around and they actually have a legitimate playoff chance, they have a, you know, some people think an MVP candidate in Halliburton. They have a real identity. That's when Rick Carl starts being a hard-ass, starts actually taking care of the little details, and we've seen it on the court. Uh, the Pacers were number one over-under margin in 2020. They were number four last year. Now they're actually... More unders than they are overs. They're starting to change that script. And I think it's a good time to take advantage of it, take advantage of the early start time. They posted this number at 231. That is expecting uh, both teams to be balls to the wall throughout the game. Uh, maybe at 7 o'clock, but at 12 o'clock, uh, I like the under here. Under 231, best bet. All right, there's Max' best bet. I like that one myself. I'm going to go
0: with the Miami Heat tonight, minus the 4.5 points. Against the Utah Jazz, like I know it's Miami and, and it's a back-to-back situation here, and it's never easy going and playing versus Denver and then versus the Jazz or vice versa. Uh, it, it's it's tough on teams, but this Jazz team is not the Jazz team that we started to go ooh and ah and all this stuff like that with this Jazz team. Like Utah started out, I think ten and three there, Mac. And you and I were talking about this team. And we were like, hey, you know what? Like, we're wrong. Everybody else is wrong on this team. And look, we were wrong, okay? Like, this team's probably going to go over their season win total. And this team has kind of come back down to earth. When we were having those conversations there, Mac, I believe Utah was like the number one or number two seed in the West. Well, currently, right now, they're the 10th seed in the West. So this team's falling on hard times. This is kind of the Utah uh, team that we probably expected to see. They're 9-16 and over their last 25 games. So this is not the same, same Utah team that we saw early in the year. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way the teams are playing against this team. If you look at what Utah has done against some of the slower-paced teams in the league, they've struggled. Uh, go back and, and look at maybe like the Knicks games. Uh, there were a couple in there with, with Denver, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, just the slower-paced teams, this team struggles. Like This team wants to run and gun. They want to get out there. They want to shoot a ton of threes with Clarkson, Markin, and guys like Beasley and just simply outgun you and get hot. And that's the way that they ended up having a lot of success. But I don't think they'll have success tonight against Miami. Miami coming off of a loss, I think they'll be motivated. A much slower-paced team. I actually like this Miami lineup, believe it or not. Their starting five is, is a lineup that I think that can cause problems. There's not a lot of people that are really believing in Miami. I'm not saying I'm believing in them but I certainly believe that they have a big advantage tonight with their starting five versus Utah's starting five. And I still think Utah kind of is, is getting a little bit of the odds maker's attention being that this team is still like 19 and 19. I don't think people are paying as much attention to this team as they were in the beginning of the year because they came out so surprising, but I think at some point the market's going to kind of catch up and be like, Oh wow. Didn't really realize that, you know, Utah at one time was the number one team in the West and now they're the number 10 team. So, Falling on hard times. I think Miami bounces back here there tonight, Mac. I'll to go ahead. I'll take them. Probably in a tough spot here. But again, I do not like back-and-home teams on you know situations like tonight with New Year's Eve. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Heat minus to 4.5. Not sure if you have any thoughts on that, but that's where I'm going with that one.
1: So you mentioned 9-16 and 16 in their last 25. You put that on an 82-game scale. It's about 30 wins. Jazz were 35 wins. Then they traded Mitchell. Their over-under became... 29, then 25, then 23. Uh, Those latter numbers were ridiculous, but I think 30 was about right. In the last 25 games, they've played at about a 30-win pace. So yes, I agree. They're much better than many expected, even us, but they're not necessarily a great team. What about a potential uh, correlated parlay here? I agree with you. They're going to try to run and gun, and if they can't, they probably lose this game. Uh, Heat, under 226 and a half has a nice ring to it to me what do you think
0: well considering utah's lost three games in a row this team's given up about 125 points a game maybe they do change a little bit of what they've been doing maybe they look for a little bit more of a defensive effort tonight and if you're going to go up against a team like the heat who are going to play slow maybe it'll just you know provide a little bit more attention to detail here with utah to go ahead and come up with a better defensive effort and and i think Miami at times, they, they actually let you go ahead and fall into that type of game. So uh, I think Miami could certainly win this game outright tonight, and this one can go under. I think a lot of that will depend on on how Utah decides to go and play this game. But um, that will be our best bets for that one. We still have our agreed-upon player prop bet there, Mac. Let's go Let's do the Saturday 5. You went ahead. You picked out five players. Who are you looking at?
1: For our Saturday 5, talk about attacking teams where their weakness uh, that's why I'm not picking Zion Williamson. I think he's got a good matchup, but I am picking in that matchup, John ja Morant against the Pelicans. Um, probably meager uh, perimeter, perimeter defenders, uh, Devonte Graham, not scaring me. So yeah, I like John ja Morant. Also Joel Embiid talked about how the Thunder um, might be in up for a, a uphill battle. I think Joel Embiid is going to be a big part of that. I'm going to go with Luca because his Luca He's scoring about 40 points a game these days. I'm going to keep him rolling. DeMar DeRozan in a central matchup against the Cavs. I feel like he's going to be, um, not that he's going to be, but he has a potential to play a little hero ball, keep that game, uh, keep that team in it against um, you know a better Cavs team. So DeMar DeRozan is going to make it. And then last but not least, Kyrie Irving. I feel like uh, New Year's Eve, some players might be uh, kind of slipping. I feel like he's going to be in for a big night against the Hornets. Uh, again, not a team with any kind of perimeter defense. Uh, I feel like he's going to show out here. Uh, cause he can, you know, and he take advantage of his opportunities. So Kyrie Irving in reverse order, DeRozan, Luca, Embiid, and John ja Morant will be our Saturday five. All right. So there's our
0: Saturday five. I like those picks there, Mac, because you picked a bunch of players there that are actually playing hot right now. Uh, Kyrie playing hot, DeRozan, Luca, Embiid. I think Embiid's in line maybe for a big night
1: tonight. And John ja Morant, uh, obviously that guy, you know, he can go out and have a monster game. Embiid leading the NBA in points per game, that's so under the radar. He did it last year. Like when, Since Shaq, when does the center lead the league in scoring? It almost never happens. And, yeah, he's doing it.
0: All right, well, hopefully Kyrie Irving will do it tonight for us. Uh, so we're going to go agreed-upon player prop bet here. We're going to go ahead. We're going to take Kyrie Irving over three-and-a-half threes, and that's at minus 115 on FanDuel. So I think you'd be hard-pressed there, Mac, to go ahead and find another team in the NBA that's as hot right now as the Nets. And I think a lot of that's due to the way that Kyrie Irving's playing. But I also think a lot of that is due to Kevin Durant is not a selfish basketball player. And we've seen this before with him where he he understands that in order for this team to go ahead and keep continuous and win games, but to go in and, and win playoff series, the best players on the team have to be playing their best. And we've seen this a lot with a lot of players, star players where all of a sudden, they're just like, I need to take control of this game. I need to go out there and take every shot. And then before you know it, you're being double covered and, and things just don't pan out right. I don't think KD's that type of a player. If he knows that Kyrie's going out there and he's feeling it, he can go out there and say, you know what? Kyrie's good for 30 tonight. I'm going to make sure he gets the ball tonight and I'm not going to take every shot possible. I'm going to let Kyrie go ahead and out there and eat. And Kyrie's been hot the last couple games. Kyrie's going to shoot threes. Like that's what he's going to do. His last two games, he's taken 22 threes, and he's had a lot of success. Now, Mac, you went through, you've dug through the the season averages and probably like, especially over like this hot run, you know, what's Kyrie been doing? Because I feel like three and a half, it's, it's a little bit inflated, but we want to avoid numbers from being a lot inflated. And I think Kyrie probably gets over this number tonight.
1: Right. You're taking advantage of, like you mentioned, 22 threes the last two games. Why is he taking 11 threes a game? because he's been red hot. The last seven games, 47% from three-point range, one of his best stretches ever, four and a half threes per game. So, yeah, it's a little inflated, but if he's taking nine, ten, eleven threes per game, uh, cashing over three and a half is a smart investment.
0: All right, well, we're going to go over and play Kyrie over three and a half threes tonight. I think he has another big night tonight. Um, Clearly, when this guy's feeling it, as I mentioned, KD is not going to go out there and try to take the rock out of his hands. He's going to let Kyrie go out there and and be the best basketball player that he could be because, you know, come playoff time, this team needs to have it going, at, you know, on all cylinders.
1: And if, if you look at the matchup versus the Hornets, they allow the fourth most points to opposing point guards, not as vulnerable against opposing small forwards. Kevin Durant, a very cerebral player. I agree with you. He's going to let Kyrie cook tonight.
0: All right. Good stuff on that. Uh, as I mentioned, coupon code Ball Drop 20 Save 20% there at pregame.com. But that'll wrap it up for the NBA Dream Podcast. As I mentioned, Mackenzie and I are going to start putting out our Dream Pods on Thursday night. You guys can find Mackenzie and I on Twitter at Mac and Rivers at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to the podcast, leave some kind of a review. Reviews are always helpful. Five-star reviews we would certainly appreciate. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll go ahead. We'll put our Saturday five in the pregame.com forum. If you guys go ahead and pick your five players and you have the highest combined point score, uh, for all those guys, you guys will win 55 pregame dollars, so make sure you guys go over there and check that out. And that'll wrap up the NBA Dream Podcast for Saturday. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.